Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of anime trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by. Hello, I am Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about our favorite dub series because it is time for us to show some love for dub series. I know that a lot of people have sort of been like, oh, the Japanese voice actors, the Japanese voice cast are so much better. Why would you ever bother dubbing things? Why would you ever bother watching the dub? And I'm here to provide you some perspective and answers. One of them being, yes, the Japanese voice actors are amazing. That much is without question. No one is debating about that fact. But that doesn't mean that the dubbed voice actors, whether it's English or any other language, as a, you know, a key reminder that there are dubs in other languages uh, for anime, they're just as amazing and should be respected just as much as the Japanese voice actors themselves. The second thing is having dubbed uh, anime is actually really important for the community as a whole. Because, you know, in fact, one of our one of our members of the team have actually said that they have a blind friend or visually impaired friend. So they can't actually watch anime with with Japanese and have to read the subs. Quite literally, dub is the only way that they can properly enjoy the series. And so it's a big deal for the visually impaired community to be able to have access to that. And then finally, of course, I've, I, I will say this with personal experience. Sometimes being able to hear and understand the dialogue just allows you to pay more attention to actually what's happening on screen. And this is kind of an, an embarrassing example, but I've watched Haikyuu so many times or like clips of it that I've essentially memorized the dialogue. And one time I watched a clip where it didn't even have the subs and I didn't realize it because when they were speaking in Japanese, I just automatically translated it to the dialogue of the English subs. But I immediately noticed, I was like, the screen feels bigger. <laughs> um, the actions feel more acute. I seem to be paying more attention to the actions and the movements of the characters and what's happening. And so, yeah, it is actually better to be able to listen and understand while p putting your full visual attention on what's going on on screen at times for certain anime. And so, I, uh, so that is basically an explanation as to why dubbed series are important. And today we will be talking about our favorite dub series. And I will be uh, going first today uh, because uh, I Agnes went first last time. So we are always going in a circle in case you guys haven't been able to catch the drift of things. But my first dub series that I see that I saw that I genuinely adored and liked more than the English subbed. So I did watch both versions is Katsugeki Token Rambu which I don't know if any of you two have seen it, but I hope you guys have heard of the game, if nothing else. <laughs> I've definitely heard of the game. It was a predominant thing in all of my uh, u uh, university years. <laughs> I knew a lot of people who played it. Right, right. Well, because there's a lot of hot guys, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this is one of the anime adaptations of the game. I think there's actually two. One that's a little bit sillier and has a larger cast. And then... This uh, Katsugeki Token Rambu has more historical elements in there. Fun fact, uh, this was one of the ones on the list that I was considering talking about for our historical episode. And so a quick rundown of the series or the game in particular is that all the characters are representing a famous uh, sword or a famous weapon in Japanese history. And I think 
potentially maybe more than Japanese history now. I'm not entirely sure, but the one I watched was Japanese history specific. And the and so of course they're all hot and they're very attractive. And so, but I did feel like something wasn't quite right when I was watching the Japanese the Japanese version, which is not to say anything against the actual Japanese cast. I just felt like the casting wasn't quite right. Like, I love Kimura Ryohei like no other. I've just talked about Haikyuu. One of my favorite things of rewatching is literally Kimura Ryohei's like, hey, 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 as Bokuto. Like, I, oh, I adore him <laughs> as a voice actor. But I just, for some reason, his voice just did not fit the main character for me, for Kanesada. And I felt the same for a lot of the other characters as well. And it just looked like a usual sort of game lineup where they find a bunch of all-star cast, you know, voice seiyus for their games to entice people to play it uh, alongside the hot designs, obviously. And they continued with that voice cast for the anime. But I just didn't feel like the, uh, the I just, I don't know. The Japanese voice cast found, uh, I just found kind of wooden. Something about it was missing some kind of emotion, some kind of connection. And then I heard a clip of the Japanese dub during anime convention, which, you know, RIP, we have we have been without it for so long. <laughs> so um, we go through withdrawal symptoms of it. And I adored the sounds I heard. Um, Robbie Damon, who's a legend in itself in the, in the English voice acting world, he did Kanesada. And then Ben Diskin does uh, Yoshiyuki, who is the secondary protagonist. And uh, and I just I really just heard those two clips and I heard their sort of back and forth conversation and their quips to each other. And it's just like that was the spark that I thought was missing in the Japanese version. Like I felt a connection with those characters and I felt like those characters had an actual relationship rather than just two very experienced seiyus reading lines off of a script. And so I, because of that, I actually went in and watched the whole series again in English dub, and it just, it just worked for me. And it ended up being, and despite the fact that that anime is no shape or form my favorite of anything, it's interesting for me because I have a lot of historical context of the things that, um, that takes place. So that's always really fun. There is a really, it did end in a really good emotional way between uh between the main characters because uh the two weapons that are you know personified belong to none other than um oh shoot we talked about him and <laughs> the uh the the shinsu gemi's leader oh gosh he's in golden oh, conway oh, no 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 come on you guys gotta shoot me for this <laughs> Wait, the leader of the Shinsengumi, the vice captain or the actual leader? Oh, the vice captain. The, the handsome one. Oh, Hijikata. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hijikata. Oh my gosh. Why did it take me so long to remember his name? But yes, <laughs> the two main characters are the two main weapons that Hijikata used. And there was a really pivotal part in regards to the swords or the weapons and essentially the person who used them. And that ending arc was really was done really well. It was one of the parts that genuinely was emotional because uh, because, you know, the the in real life, a lot of these uh, historical figures had a genuine bond and attachment to these weapons in the same way that many of us still have bonds to, you know, our stuffed animals that we grew up with or, you know, a favorite, you know, a favorite baseball, you know, or something of that sort. It's the same way for these people. 
and you get to see it personified in these characters. And so, like I said, the anime isn't like amazing or it's good, it's entertaining, and it's a little more fun when you do have historical context. But that being said, the English dub version just made it soar into the sky. I just absolutely adored it. And I think Robbie Damon just did such a stupendous job alongside all the other characters, uh, English cast that was in that was in the anime. Like I felt their relationships. It just it felt natural, genuine. And I just think it actually did bring the characters to life better than what I listened to in the Japanese version. And so that's like my first pick for my favorite dubbed show. Was this a surprise for any of you guys? Because I'm actually really surprised at how much I fell in love with the English dub cast as well. <laughs> I never watched Haikyuu in dub, but I have seen a variety of clips. And I have to say that while there is a very robust voice acting behind it, the ADR is actually very well done too. Um, and I think there's, for instance, I think the most memorable for me is not Bokto's like, hey, 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 but it's more of the lines that are said by Tanaka that just reeks of like American teenage spirit rather than reeking of Japanese teenage spirit, you know? The way that he delivers certain lines and that it's tweaked to American sensibilities is a really nice touch on Haikyuu's part to draw in the uh, Western audience. Right, right. Yeah, Haikyuu's, uh, Haikyuu's dub is also really good as well. And luckily, that is one of the ones that people have noticed and will post clips on YouTube. Also, I just want yeah. to say, I like as like an embarrassment sort of reveal, when I heard Oikawa's English dub voice, I squealed. Like, I genuinely squealed. <laughs> I was like, this is perfect. This is perfect. So, um, Yes, basically, please give respect for these English dub actors. I swear they are very, very good in the things they do. So, um, yes. Absolutely. That is my first pick. My second pick is an older anime because Katsugeki Token Rambu is relatively new-ish. It's like, it's not anymore in context of 2021, but in my head, it's still new. So, uh, but my second pick is Black Butler. Did any of you guys watch the dubbed version of Black Butler? Only no, clips. Okay. Well, hear me out. Sebastian has a British accent. <laughs> he has a British accent. Yeah. All the characters have a British accent. And of course, Sebastian is also voiced by none other than the voice actor for Kyoya. So you know that he is going to be good at voicing our suave, cool characters. And the uh, voice actor legend that I'm talking about is J. Michael Tatum. I, I think overall, when it's an anime that takes place in an English-speaking country, I do think the dub manages to capture something a little different than the oh, Japanese. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so I'm yeah. glad you agree with yeah. me on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I felt like with Black Butler. Not saying that the English class, the, the, uh, the Japanese cast is in any way inferior to the English dub cast. That is not what I'm saying. In fact, the Black Butler's Japanese cast is legendary. Uh, Daisuke Ono won his first Seiyu Award, I believe, for Sebastian. So, and the voice actress for CL is Miyuki. Oh, no, sorry. It's Maya Sakamoto, who is also a legend in herself. So, like I said, it's, it, you know, not trying to say that the um, Japanese cast is bad in any shape or form. 
but I just have a soft spot for the English cast as one of my all-time favorite dubs that continues to this day. Uh, so J. Michael Tatum is just pitch perfect with his British, you know, dare I even say sexy in, in a very bad way because <laughs> he's a demon who's trying to eat you, but a sexy demon voice as Sebastian in that British accent makes everything better. And then uh, Brina Palencia does CL Phantom Hive, and I think she just does such a good job for CL. And the entire cast is speaking in British accents, and some of them don't have British accents because they come from another country and they actually portray that. And, you know, there are later like characters from India and the voice actors also gave them an Indian accent instead. And I think that just really hits the spot for me in regards to how it just really shows they come from a different country, you know? Like, it's nice, obviously, to see how the music changes because they have character themes and obviously their clothing designs and all that stuff is different. But when I'm just able to hear that accent in my ears, it just tickles me in all the right ways. And, and it's, I don't know, it's just really exciting because, you know, I also, like, we talked about how we live in the U.S. And the U.S. in itself has a bunch of accents depending on, you know, where you grew up and where you live and stuff like that. And it really, and it it really does help like distinguish just how you know spread out everything is and potentially how different people are from each other despite living in the same country and so to have that distinction of hey this person has an Indian accent this person has a British accent this person's British accent is like that uh cockney is that how you pronounce it like that Oh, yeah, the like the Liverpool Cockney accent yes exactly and so they have different British accents as well and it just it just brings a flavor to these characters that the, at least for me, that the Japanese uh, the Japanese cast was not able to do. I will point out that they did try to mitigate that in Japanese. They gave uh, Mamoru Miyano, who, whose character is the one with the Cockney accent, he, he gave like a Japanese sort of dialect instead where it's like they're like from the countryside and stuff like that. And you could hear it in Mamoru Miyano's voice because, of course, it's Mamoru Miyano. <laughs> but, you know, but just uh, once again, just hearing it in the English version of that Cockney accent and how accurate it is, it just it just feels right. And it's really exciting. And I do think uh, and I, I just I, and I promise you guys will fall in love with J. Michael Tatum again for his British voice even though you totally should not fall in love with Sebastian because he is a very problematic character you should run away fast when you see him so that is my two picks for the my favorite English dubbed series um and so and I'm gonna go ahead and just pass the baton to you now Isabel you know what are your two favorite English dubbed anime? And I am curious to hear if it's any that I've heard or any of us heard. And, you know, uh, and tell us why you like them. Recently, I have been, I don't watch dubbed that much. And that's because usually when I watch shows, I want to watch them as soon as they come out. And that's usually because they're subbed. So I'm like very set on the Japanese version and instead of the English version because that comes out later. So what I've been doing now is older shows that I haven't seen, I will try to see them in English dub. And um, what I've enjoyed recently is Mushoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation. Really? Okay. Interesting. Okay. Quite good. And I, and then since the new season came out, you know, season two is out now, and I tried to watch that in Japanese. Kind of jarring to me because 
I don't know if you guys also feel this way. Like if you start watching something in a, in a language or you start watching English, you try switch to Japanese. It just feels different because you have a set idea of what these characters sound like、mm, in a certain、yeah. language. But then when I switch, it feels yeah. There's some adjustment period, or it maybe doesn't sound as exciting to me or something I want to watch. But yeah. Yeah, and then how I especially just like Rudius as a character, how the younger version of him, and then there's that older version of him. I just think there's just a good contrast in the English dub. I can't speak so much for the voice actors really, but I feel that all the characters are pretty much the you know I'm able to believe that these they're acting as you know、um, younger characters, and then just seeing their adventures, I feel that. You know, I also feel that thing where there's a lot more screen space、uh, to just listen and understand, and and I'm afraid of also watching things dubbed, especially if they're in、uh, what's that called, like if they're isekai, because they have words that I might not understand.、Um, like I was trying to watch ReZero, and I was having a little bit of a hard time like understanding in English what those terms meant without the subs at all, because I can't、oh. remember what the subs are <laughs> with the spells、Oof. and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So it was nice that I was able to understand most of the things that were being said in Mushoku Tensei, and that's how I feel about it overall. Really,、um, I don't know if you guys have tried watching that in English dub or even. I have not. Yeah, I haven't either.、Uh, I do have a question for you, Isabel. Is、uh, I know that actually people in Japan felt like the Japanese cast was miscast, particularly Sukida-san. As the original version of Rudius, you know when he was still in Japan、mm-hmm. and he was essentially a neat and a bum, and so they felt like he was miscast because Sugita's song has a really like distinct and smooth voice, you know, and they would make jokes on Twitter, being like,、hey, like I don't understand how he couldn't have found a job with that voice. Like people would hire him to do like voice acting for commercials and stuff like that if they just heard him or something like that. And even、uh, and even Frog Coon, who is the light novel reader of Jobless Reincarnation, have said that she also felt like the、uh, the voice actor was miscast for Rudius's original self. Do 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 you feel that way, or do you feel like the English dub manages to sort of avoid that situation that people have thought of the Japanese cast? Yeah, I actually agree with that. Like, I love Sukita-san, like because he's the voice of Gintoki, so I like love him to death as a voice actor too. But I also think that as a Japanese, kind of like his, you know, acting as Rudius's former self, I just think he should just have a more like gruff voice, just to get that fact that he's like an old man, kind of. He's not that old, but middle-aged man. Sorry,、uh, in in this body, right? <laughs> We are gonna piss off people. No, I'm just joking. Continue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't hurt me.、Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ben Phillips, though I think he does a really, really great job. There's just, like I said, there's such a contrast between him and then I'm just reading the names here. Madeline、uh, Morris, who voices the younger Rudius,、uh, I think, yeah, he definitely does it. Ben Phillips does, definitely does a great job of just honing in on that character. So I, that's why I also felt like when I went to go watch the Japanese, it's, I like Sugudasan, but it's also like I don't. I just have to get used to it, really. Whenever he does speak,、um, but thankfully, I think now that he's more in the world, he doesn't have that former self really speaking so much. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I'm glad to hear that the English dub cast was able to get away from that because that, like, like I said, that's not even like that's not even English people picking on the fact that Suki Dasan is casted as Irudius's original form. That was actual Japanese people on Twitter being like, "I feel like this was a miscast." So, <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. Of the two, is there a preference, I guess, between the two in the same way that I kind of had a preference for the English dub for the two shows I talked about? Yeah, I would say I like the English dub a lot more. I just have a preference for that. It's also because maybe I have a bias because I started off with that. But then I also feel that I'm able to kind of watch it and listen to it and maybe do something else for a little bit like look away and I would be totally fine because I can still hear their voices and understand what's going on whereas if I look away from you know watching the subversion I can't like look away for a second I might miss something or I won't I wouldn't understand uh, the context just as well as watching the English dub so that's why yeah no that's definitely a good reason to uh for dubs as a whole like you know I I yeah I can't look away when I'm watching anime that are subbed and when I do I have to go back because I'm like what the heck happened (laughs) and the second that I looked away like clearly something happened so so that's definitely a thing and I guess a final question for Jobless Reincarnation do you have a favorite uh, character in the voice dub like you know that you think just does the best job out of everyone I think uh, Michelle Rojas as Roxy is really good Oh, um, okay. <laughs> she's able to kind of, because Roxy's a fiery little girl, right? So I think she really embodies that character. Like her voice is really like high pitched. And when she's fighting, she's very fierce. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, are you talking about Eris or are you talking about Roxy? I'm sorry, Eris. I totally mixed <laughs> I mean, Eris. Roxy can be fiery, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eris, sorry, who's played by Lindsay Seidel. And so, yeah, I just think that Eris, as a, her voice and then her the actions that she takes, especially when she kicks butt, is awesome. Yeah, I feel like sometimes she also speaks really fast towards uh, Rudeus or the other characters. And But yeah, I, I mean, overall, I think she's my favorite character in the series, just through the story, um, because I feel like she goes through a lot of character growth from when you first see her and then um, when she grows to understand Rudeus or at least understand more about the world and not be protected. And I also just like her curiosity about everything. I like the fact that whenever they're in a new town, she's very amazed by everything and she's very brave. Um, So seeing all that makes me really happy for her and I just want to see what will happen in the future. Yay! Well, I think you're uh, in, you're in agreement with a lot of people. Eris is definitely a fan favorite amongst the community, including me. So <laughs> totally understand. Well, I was not expecting uh, you to pick Jobless Reincarnation, but that is really cool to hear about the voice actors for that. So in that case, what is your second pick for your favorite dubbed shows that you've seen and heard? <laughs> yeah, my second one would be Fruits Basket. Both the <gasps> old version okay. and the new version. Oh, yeah, nostalgia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. C- continue talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we all have watched that. Um, but yeah, I actually started off with the English dub when it first came out, way uh, the old version. And I don't know if you guys did this, but in the library, I swear the Fruits Basket was maybe on CDs or maybe even VCDs. And I would rent them at the library and then um you know just 
put them into plug them into my DVD player, and that's how I. Would oh my gosh! What basket. a flashback! It is so old. <laughs> I like laptops now. You now don't even have CD players, so like I don't even know what I would do nope. if I still had those. <laughs> But yeah, I just felt like it was really great for the old Fruits Basket version. When I listened to Toru's voice actor in Japanese, I just felt that she was very, very, it was just very, very light and very high. So I, I just felt it was a little too jarring for me. Um, but then when I listened to the English class, I thought like that's what I had grown up with. So I liked it a lot. And the fact that most of the English class even returned for the 2019 version, I thought that was awesome as well.、Mm-hmm, right. Actually, I will,、uh, you know, point point out and say that the the original OG version is one of the few ones where people were like,、uh, "The dub is better. <laughs> the dub is actually better than the <laughs> than the Japanese was." So you're not alone in that regard, feeling like the English dub of Toru, which is Laura Bailey, who is. Effortless and also a legend in her of her own in the voice acting world. Laura Bailey is a legend. I there. I have a lot of respect for her. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And she married Roy Busting. So yeah, Travis William, <laughs> also a sweetheart and a very good man. Yes, and so,、uh, but yes, that is one of the shows where people have have like a very general consensus of no, no, the English dub is better. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, so like there's not obviously the voice cast has got grown older between the two.、Um, I don't know if if you ask me between the original version and new version watching dubbed, I can't say because I can't remember the old one as much. I just remember that I liked watching it, and that may be for the story as well because Fruits Basket was, you know, really great,、um, and it's still really great. It just felt like an obviously an incomplete. Version. So now that we have that newer 2019 version, it feels nice to have a completed story. I will go back to it. I haven't watched all of it in English, but I think if I were to continue watching, I'll just watch it English dubbed, and maybe some episodes Japanese as well, because I feel that the Japanese cast is also great,、um, especially in the newer version. So yeah,、um, if I had to highlight one character, it would probably be Haru. The voice actor for that would be Justin Cook, and I think it's hilarious. Justin Cook is good. Yeah, he's good. He did the. I think he does the voice for Hanoko and Hanoko Kun.、Um, oh. I watched the、mm-hmm. uh, interview that he did with Funimation for it. It's really good. He's really good. Yeah, and I really like how, especially Funimation, and just seeing the voice actors. Maybe you've seen them in,、um, you know, conventions like Anime Expo, for example. I just really like their personalities and how they. It, it feels very nice to go to conventions and be able to connect with the voice actors themselves. Have you guys ever felt that way?、Mm-hmm. Where you know you listen, like you might not know this voice actor, but when you hear about them, maybe hear like watch an episode there, I feel like you're like able to connect with them and then also just know what what things they go through just to voice act these characters.、Mm. Me sitting through all three of.、Uh... What's his face panels? Mamoru three mamorus. But yeah, you make a, a good point. How like when you go to conventions, you actually meet these actors and actresses. It feels a lot more alive. You feel a lot more connected to them, and it makes the experience of watching the anime 
become so much more rich. And I guess it's like the same sentiment as if you go to Comic Con and you meet uh Robert Downey Jr. who does you know Tony Stark for mm-hmm. the Avengers or something of the sort. Um, so it hits different for people like that. Yeah, and then sometimes when there's also the Japanese voice actor there and the English uh, voice actor, where they kind of Japanese voice actor has one job to portray the character, but then it's also the English for the English dub voice actor they have to kind of follow the japanese voice actor in- oh i've never seen that before yeah. and so is it like a little game that they do on stage or or like they explain how they feel like right because it's one there's a faithful ad- oh. adaptation in japanese already and then the english voice actor has to kind of follow that or make it their own depending on how they interpret mm. the character and i feel like that's pretty interesting and something that we don't really consider when we listen to dub we just think oh you know they're just dubbing it, it doesn't matter it's already been subbed or, right you know, yeah originally. i think that's mm-hmm. that's an interesting point that you brought up because we don't really see that many convention panels where they put the japanese voice actor and the english voice actor side by side it's a lot more rare to see that than anything else since we always talk about how the dubs usually come after a good amount of subs have been mm-hmm. a good amount of the Japanese dub has come out. So if that ever crops up after COVID nineteen, I think I would really like to see that too. That sounds like a really cool experience. Did you have you ever gone to something like that? I I think it was one. It was for Attack on Titan, maybe. Yes, that's the one I went to that's as well. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I did not know. I clearly I did not attend that panel. I don't know, great it was you. really funny because. The question I remember the most is they're like, you know, what would you say to Aaron? And Yuki Kashi was like, I would like, I would tell Aaron to stop throwing himself and self-sacrificing himself because I would like to have a job. (laughs) 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 And like, and then the voice actor uh, was his name, uh, Brian. It started with the Bryce, Bryce. And so uh, Bryce was like, uh, and Bryce was like, I too would like Aaron to stop throwing himself into things that almost (laughs) kills him because this is job security <laughs> so i just thought that was really funny but yes i went to the same panel as isabel <laughs> nice okay that makes a lot more sense because i've never seen it before but hopefully we can see more of it as the whole world gets vaccinated slowly but surely <laughs> <laughs> okay so justin cook is your favorite for haru that's a, honestly haru is a pretty hard character to play like he goes especially from zero to 100 and when he's zero he is so chill and sweet and calm and then when he's 100 he's like yeah f up sort of thing so uh so yeah it's it's really it's a pretty hard character to play i feel like and he does do a good job one of the dubbed clips that i like to revisit the most is when you know, when Haru brings uh, the student council president into the bathroom <laughs> to provide quote-unquote oh, yeah. evidence for his natural hair. I revisit that dub, oh, including yes, the 2019 version, all the time because the student council's, like, scream. Just, it felt real. Like, I felt mm-hmm. it in my kokoro, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> Out of curiosity, Isabel, have you gotten to Kureno's uh, dubbed voice... I don't think I have, so I can't say much on that. Okay. Have you seen clips of it, or have you listened to it? Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. It is incredible. It is insane. I I think I actually cried listening to one of his clips, which, yes, I know I easily cry. I'm an emotional person. But Mm -hmm. still, it's a pretty big deal if the English subbed version did not make me cry, 
for Kuruno. And, you know, especially since I knew about the whole twist and stuff. But in but the English dub version, despite knowing the twist, despite already seeing the English subbed version, I cried when I listened to the voice actor. He did such a stupendous job. Like, I, I cannot even stress it enough as in regards to just how insanely good he is. So, so I'm really excited for you to get to Kureno. I think you'll really love it. Uh, the, I mean, the dub has always hold up, held up for Fruits Basket, but even the newest, even the new characters that, you know, didn't have original castings in the Fruits Basket dub just, just did an insane job as well. No, yeah, that's crazy. I definitely look forward to it. All right. Well, oh, yeah. it sounds like Isabelle's is uh, between two anime, one one older, one newer again. So I'm curious if you're going to follow this pattern, Agnes. <laughs> Which, uh, which I... two shows <laughs> did you pick? <laughs> I won't be following that pattern because my anything that I watched dubbed was back in the early like, 2008, 2010. Ah. So I have not watched anything dubbed uh, as of recent, and I don't really have much of an inclination, mainly because I am a little bit uh, iffy with a lot of the dubbing choices and the dialogue written for them that I've kind of become a bit disillusioned oh. with dubbing, unfortunately. Interesting. Even though I'm a big supporter of, like, you know, people should watch what they want. If they want to watch dub because it's easier for them or it's more accessible – Go right ahead. If you prefer to watch Japanese, that's fine. Just don't be an elitist about either two. But I have my own personal biases against the current generation, I think, of English dubbing. So aside from a few veterans like Justin Cook or like Travis Willingham or Laura Bailey. Um, so I'll just go ahead and probably uh, brief through the older animes that I really like the dubbing for. And I think hits a, a firmer spot in me because of nostalgia. Uh, the first one I have to highlight is Black Lagoon. Oh, um, I'm not sure okay. if any of you guys watched it, but Black Lagoon was probably one of the first animes that introduced me kind of like the seinen jitty, like gritty genre. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the English voice acting. I have never seen at that time when I was growing up a Japanese animated show that actively used cuss words. <laughs> and of course, like we think about it now, and I'm just like, I'm just like, wow, what exposure, way to correct a child, right? But the reality is, is that the American language compared to the Japanese language is littered with abbreviations and curses and all sorts of things that you can think of. And for Black Lagoon to seamlessly take the Japanese dub and incorporate that into a world that is actually multinational and use English as its primary base to make users watch it, it becomes a very timeless experience. You can watch it no matter what generation you are from in America, or at least in the West, but you can note you, with a key, keen eye that this is very realistic. This sounds like something that would happen on a remote island that is being run by a bunch of mafia and mercenaries, and they all speak like a smattering of English and broken curse words. And it's very realistic. It doesn't feel like it's kind of like hashed out of a very cliche like Hollywood film or something. Mm -hmm. And I do think uh, the English vocabulary tends to be a little more creative with curse words as well. So Very. Yes. <laughs> the English vocabulary is... Versus, Japanese vocabulary is more interpretive. English vocabulary is very creative with how direct it is, especially when it comes to insults. I think a lot of 
what we think of American language is a lot of witty remarks and sarcasm, which Black Lagoon delivers that very spectacularly with two very prominent female uh, characters, uh, one of which is Revy, uh, who is the main female protagonist, who's voiced by Marie Kendricks. Oh, and yeah. the other one would be Balalaika, the Russian mafia mobster lady, uh, who's voiced by Patricia Drake, who's also Canadian. <laughs> It's funny because they're not American, but they're Canadians, and they pull it off like spectacularly well. I'm just sitting there and I'm just preening with joy, being like, "Yeah, this is America. Welcome to America." <laughs> Welcome to America. Whenever you say that, it's gonna remind me of that great Pretender clip of like party in the USA when everyone's going bat. Yeah, crazy you know, like, like that. Okay, that that itself is like pinnacle you know like i'm gonna go to cite it here great pretender although it has its rise and falls in certain episodes they did a really good job at capturing the american festive mood and also it's very bloodthirsty mood and also it's stupidity sometimes (laughs) yes it's utter sheer stupidity that is constantly um overshadowed by the glitz and glamour of like hollywood drugs mafia gangs etc yeah, but yeah, Black Lagoon is probably one of my most favored um, dubs because it's just so it it you watch it like it's an actual like American film or an American TV shows and it feels great. It feels good to hear. It doesn't feel choppy or gritty or it doesn't feel like someone tried to splice together the Japanese narrative and make it like a, a grade school like grade school learning how to cuss for the first time. And they sound like actual adults, essentially, is what I'm saying. I think, so, uh, don't kill me for this, I did not watch Black Lagoon. I think this was the That's okay. era when I was focusing on school more and I actually did quit anime temporarily. I know, incredible, right? Because I'm watching, like, 20 anime season these days. I mean, no, it's, it's fine. I mean, like, I'm also going through a period where I am not really catching up on anime because I'm so focused on work. Mm-hmm. So we all have our lulls. Anime is still a form of entertainment, after all. What was your question? So, uh, no, not my question, but the insane thing is that despite this anime being one of the ones I haven't watched because it was in my sort of hiatus from anime itself, I have heard so many people online, just complete strangers, talking about how insanely good the Black Lagoon dub is, is whenever they go back to it. It is. <laughs> Revy in the in the manga and the Japanese dub is supposed to kind of play like this very snarky kind of B B word girl kind of woman. <laughs> B word. We are censored by the overlord. <laughs> no, I actually cuss a lot more on this channel. She she acts like a right <laughs> and well, now, our author, now our editor has to censor it that's fine <laughs> uh she curses a lot and and then all of a sudden in the second half of black lagoon when she's now confronted with more moral dilemmas that she can't just wipe off with like a shot in the head and call it a day she the voice acting from um from marie really changes into something very much more thoughtful, very um broken almost of this mercenary trying to grapple with terms that they are still a human being. They're not, you know, some rotten mercenary who just goes hoorah and just shoots everything. And it's just such a nice transition between that and into the second season. And I'm really applaud Marie for writing that into Revy's character and making her probably cementing as probably one of the most badass anime females in older history Uh, well i'm gonna have to go check it out now since i obviously do force myself to have time for anime (laughs) unlike back then yeah it's 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 timeless it's really great to watch 
Um, watch it with a couple friends if you want or by yourself. It's great. I have, I am actually genuinely excited to watch this one because, like I said, I, I like, despite not having seen it, not having touched it, not having even read the synopsis for it before, like the official synopsis for it, the fact that I am aware of how many people praise this anime's dub is like, is just telling as to like how insanely good sure, it was. Sure. So. So if that's your first pick, what is your second pick then? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I struggled between these two because they're both really well done. But I think this one hits a bit more home. More is Full Metal Alchemist because it's so timeless as well. Ugh. Uh, it also has it also has Travis Willingham in it, who's a great voice actor. I don't, and I this might be too much uh, on the down by. I also, yeah, I was like this might be too much, but <laughs> as we as we don't, I I just don't think anything will ever beat up? that dub. <laughs> like I'm sorry, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know there are some voice actors in there that has have questionable behavior, but the experience at the time of watching Fullmetal Alchemist was very enriching to me growing up. And really cemented me into watching anime that had worth. Um, and also Travis Willingham is a great voice actor. And I regularly, or at least I try to watch some of his stuff from Critical Role as well. Which is a Dungeons and Dragons group. Oh right, he is uh, part of yes. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he and Laura are in it, yeah. And I, yeah, and there's a, a lot of other great uh, American voice actors that are also in that show. So it's really fun to watch them be really nerdy and voice out lines. It's really funny because in the current campaign, the first character that Travis played was an old man who has the the gutso of Major Armstrong from Full Metal. So I'm oh kind of sitting here, <laughs> like trying to reconcile how Travis Willingham played the very suave womanizer Roy Mustang to the very bodacious old man. That's kind of reminds me a little bit of General Armstrong. <laughs> I think I read a trivia. Well, then again, Armstrong is not exactly old. So yeah, yeah, but I think <laughs> I read a that trivia that he tried out for Armstrong. And he got oh, he did yeah, and oh. he got told that you know his voice suits better for Roy Mustang, which uh, it absolutely does. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, you you sh- you should watch the, uh, the the critical season three and 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 let me know how you feel about that afterwards because I sat there, I was like, very confused. I was like, this could actually pull off an Armstrong, like no joke, man. <laughs> I mean, that's and I love Armstrong. Armstrong's great. Yeah. Okay, so we've all seen the Full Metal Alchemist English dub, right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think I need to talk more about it. It's phenomenal. Okay, to watch. so and even if you dislike some of them, I think it's, it's time for us to, to just go in a circle and talk about our favorite dub moment. Then, even though this is very impromptu, so Agnes, oh what was your favorite dub moment in the English dub My of Full favorite? Metal Alchemist? I can't think of one singular moment because it's all good. From start to finish, it's solid production. The ADR is done really well. And the characters don't feel like they're spouting cheesy Japanese lines, but it's really tailored to American sensibilities. So, no, I can't pick out a moment. Cop out! You're a copy out! (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, I'm 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 copying out. But that's, that's, that's where I stand because I literally cannot think of anything for it. All right. Well, what about you, Isabel? You got a few seconds to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok clock is ticking. No, yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like the same as Agnes, honestly. But like, if I had to choose, can I choose like multiple? Can I just choose like the funny moments? 
like comedic. Oh, yeah, just the that's, that's valid. You mean every that's Armstrong valid. scene? <laughs> yeah, every Armstrong <laughs> maybe even some moments with uh, Ling Yao or something. Or um, yes, I just think yes. they like Fullmetal also have so many scenes with that, and so many scenes with Ed, and I just think it's hilarious. Whether you see it English dubbed or Japanese dubbed, it's it's great, honestly. Agreed. <laughs> Okay, well, so I guess you had a moment in your mind. That's why you asked the question. Yeah, right? I do actually. I've had, I do have a few. So I have three I can easily think of at the top of my head. But my first one is, and I've talked about it briefly, is when Greed reawakens his memory and Ling lectures him about it, being like, you know, if you gave up something that you wanted, you don't deserve to call yourself Greed. Like that moment <laughs> gives me so mm-hmm. much chills. It doesn't matter how many times I've rewatched that scene or the nth time I've rewatched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And yes, I have watched that anime probably nine to 10 times from start to finish. I still get chills every single time it happens. It's just the delivery of it and the emotions and Troy Baker is amazing. And uh, who's Ling's voice actor's name? I know he voices Natsu in Fairy Tale. This is going to drive me nuts. Bad Gracie. Oh, really? <laughs> uh... Yeah. Let's see. Uh, his English voice actor. No, not Mamo. Todd? Hack- Todd? Uh, who? Yeah, Todd Michael Hack- ha- uh, Habercorn. Yes, yes, yes. That is. Oh, he looks. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no wonder. Yeah. He played um, Alan Walker from D. Gray Man. Yes, he was really good in that one. Mm hmm. Yeah, and Hikaru from uh, Orn High School Host Club. Which that is another so great sense. classic, uh, another great classic English dub as well. So Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that was that was Funimation's golden era of dubbing. I know, I it really was. What uh, Have you guys Solid seen stuff. the Oral High School Host Club's, like, bloopers? It's one of the funniest things I've seen for the dubs. I have not oh, seen God. the bloopers yet. You'll probably have I'll to link us Oh, okay, I'll have to link it. But Same. one of my favorite blooper was Travis... Uh, Travis William had a really hard time voicing a single line because he's Morty and he only says single line. And it's the one where like Honey interrupts, uh, where was going to interrupt, uh, interrupt Hikaru and Haruhi's date. And, and like Honey was like dressed in this ridiculous mustache that does not look real at all. Was going ice cream, ice cream. Does anyone want to buy ice cream? And acting like an old man. And and Mori like ran across and just like in like a single second like picked Haru uh, or picked Honey Senpai and the ice cream cart up and one go. And he just says one line, which is bad idea. And Travis Williams <laughs> struggled so hard just to say that single line because he thought the whole setup and the scene was so ridiculous and funny that every time he watches it happen on screen, he just starts laughing really hard. He's like, I can't yeah. do this. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Travis laughs a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. It's very easy to make him crack up. Like there's there's literally and his and the there's a joke that goes around the critical role community that his wife, Laura Bailey, has the uh the the mind of like a, a pubescent twelve year old boy. So anything that comes out of her mouth just automatically makes Travis laugh. The same thing for Matt Mercer too. Wait, actually. that's really cute actually, since they're married and yeah. all no no, Laura's an absolute menace with her like boyish jokes that it catches people off guard. <laughs> yeah, but 
That was the blooper that, like, I like to revisit just because of how hard it was to, like, get himself together. And he literally tells himself to get it together. He's like, lock it up, Travis, lock it up. And he's trying so hard. <laughs> but he fails. No, he giggles a lot. Yeah, he just he giggles fails a lot. every scene. It's not even a giggle. He was, like, full on laughter. Like, in one of, like, his first scene, he failed. He was like, okay, I'm sorry. I know it's going to happen now. Try it again. And then it goes again. And he just starts cackling. He's like, up in one goal there's a huge dust cloud <laughs> like he just could not <laughs> deal with it <laughs> it was just such a hilarious blooper but anyway we're off topic um because we're we're talking about two probably one of the most classic dub shows in anime history and probably likely will continue to be but yes my one of my favorite ones that easily come to my head about Fulmina alchemist specifically is the one with greed and ling it just gives me chills every single time uh, obviously, uh, another one would be when Mustang was just going ham on Envy, and he was just furious, which is actually, oh, like... Oh, that was, that was a good scene. That was, that good. was actually was a good scene. Yeah. And I think it was really important because, you know, Mustang, despite, like, his funny moments and, like, lashing or, like, lecturing Led and, you know, kind of being, like, the tired babysitter of everything while, like, trying to plan a coup of all things, he is still relatively calm, you know, and controlled about things. Even his sillier moments, they're not, like, super over the top and stuff. But that was, like, the moment that he lost control of everything. And you can hear every single bit of emotion in Roy Mustang's voice, and it was just incredible. So <laughs> my – and then my last one is actually, like, a softer moment between Winry and Ed when – Winry breaks down because she found out Scar killed her parents and she can't understand why because they went there to save people. They weren't trying to kill people and they were saving anyone who was wounded, including Scar himself. And so, and Ed had convinced Winry to put down the gun essentially, but it was the conversation where Ed was talking about how Winry's hands were made to save people and not to take people's lives. And it was like, it was such a gentle and calm and soothing moment but it had all the emotions there that just stuck with me, and it was just really important. But yeah, Full Alchemist is the dub is just gold standard at this point, and it's incredibly insane. Mm -hmm. I do have a question for you, if you don't mind telling us, Agnes. You did say that you had sure. a bit of an issue with um, the dubbed schematic of things lately. Like, what did you mean by that? Like, do you mean the translations, or did you just not like the direction? You know, because voice actors take you know, uh, take instructions from the directors, you know? So it's like, uh, what exactly was it? Yeah, I think it's the direction of the ADR that really throws me off because it feels too stiff for mm. a lot of these shows, which is why I feel like dubs tend to go under the radar these days because they're so... It's that weird bouncing act of wanting to be as in line to the Japanese original dub and intentions in the first place. And then also not being able to explore the Western side of things that makes it more relatable to the audience in both like America or in Europe. And it's hard and I get that. But sometimes I feel like they err a little bit too much on the stiffer side of things that makes it not as appealing to watch like I don't feel like I want to root for the characters as much if they're just going to be carbon copies of the Japanese self mm. there is however uh, an example of the contrary uh, Funimation and this was actually a big thing that blew up in the uh, 
in the community, the anime community, of that famous scene with Luko's uh, English dub from Maidsama Dragon, I think season one, where she had introduced herself, I think, to someone's home. I think it was uh, Toru's home. Um, she came by to visit her, and Toru's like eyeing her up and down, and she notices that Luko is wearing, you know, uh, a very skimpy top for her very voluptuous body. And Toru makes kind of like a comment about it. And Luko kind of, I think Luko insinuates in the Japanese dub that she wears it because she wants to. And then in the English dub, they take it a little bit too far by completely misconstruing it and saying like how she wants to defy the patriarchal standards of uh, the society that they live in. And that I feel is a bit of a stretch. It I think this was the start the of the marketing of the girl boss era too, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, you know, I really don't like the girl boss era. I have a lot of issues with that. Um, but it is what it is. People take the, media takes the direction that it is in order to promote awareness for certain people, for certain aspects of things and hope that it can move on from that into better, into a better future. But yeah, the girl boss era is, not my favorite, and I did not really appreciate seeing it in Maidsama Dragon, where it's not really about being the girl boss. Lukuo herself is not a girl boss by any means of the measure. And the Japanese version, she's like, eh, are? you know, she's like kind of like frenetic. Yeah. Um, frantic, even. As, even with like, even though she does show some very interesting tendencies with Shota, there are moments where she kind of acts like a little bit girlish and she acts a little very confused and cute rather than like, I'm the boss. If you want a, if you want a real boss, you got to talk to Bella Laika from Black Lagoon. I don't know what you want to <laughs> say about that, bro. Or Olivier, <laughs> That's Ar- a true or boss, Olivier Armstrong from Alchemist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I talked, I talked at, I talked at length about Olivia Armstrong in the, in, oh, actually I talked about both. <laughs> I think about it. I talked about both of them at length in the, the bad as female side characters so if you're really looking for a boss go look at those two shows father i demand you retire (laughs) yes i just never get old with that scene especially the dad be like oh olivier you haven't come home for years and that's the first thing you say to me (laughs) but he's so chill about it like he expected this from his daughter yeah and then he and then he decides to go on vacation with the family because like ah yes the time has come for me to retire (laughs) but yes enough about full metal that's why i have a very strange apprehension towards dub and i usually try to avoid it unless someone has personally recommended to to me and knows that i like certain types of dubs mainly dubs that span for multinational i think they are starting to like change it back again as of late because they are because yeah. you know no, i didn't mention this one because it's not like it's not incredible or anything but i did listen to the hori mia dub and specifically the voice actor for uh miyamura does an excellent job it feels like his voice feels so natural and the dialogue like flows it just fits him like a glove like it was incredible to me and so that's great to hear yeah yeah and i was gonna say like i agree with you because uh i did also have like a time where i was really apprehensive towards dubs because i did feel that woodenness you know that sort of that sort of like trying to Mm -hmm. copy after the japanese voice actor which you know that's just that shouldn't be the case because English as a language just works differently from Japanese languages and thus so do the tones and the voices. And so 
Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why, uh, so I, I completely understand it. And I think that was also why when Katsugeki Token Rambu, the English dub clip came out, I was really shocked because it didn't sound wooden. In fact, it actually did make the Japanese cast sound wooden. Instead, it made them sound more fluid and more interactive. So I do think the good news is the dub, I think, is sort of shifting back. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And yes, that one particular dub translation to English with the Kobayashi saw with that line of like you know oh because of the patriarchy stuff like yeah that made no sense so I yeah i was sitting there i was like would lucro actually ever would any normal person ever actually say that in front of an acquaintance's face if it's not coming off as sarcasm it's not even it's not even in her character either you know like no it's not absolutely not so no she's very like cheerful very like she's very nonchalant about everything if if anything else at all, she doesn't care about societal standards, which is why she just wears whatever she wants. But she doesn't actively do it to say it, to be against it. Yeah, because she just doesn't care exactly. So yeah, she doesn't care. She's she's an all powerful dragon who could care less about your puny human ritualistic things <laughs> in society. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this wraps up our dubbed, our favorite dubbed shows really well with a bit of a side tangent talking about the overall dub experience and sort of the changes that's happened throughout the years. But as this is a Girl Talk episode, so we got to figure out what's happened next since then because Agnes has finally escaped. So whew, big sigh of relief. Um, hopefully the rest of your vacation <laughs> was, you know, or the rest of your time in France was a lot more relaxing, not as eventful. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was relaxing or eventful, but it was an interesting turn of events where, you know, I get hit by a, a cyclist coincidentally. Is it faded? I don't know. And then I get walked down some s- mysterious stairs into seeing a cult and then almost being apprehended by said cult <laughs> and then escaping with somebody who said he was my friend, but not really. So I just stabbed him and ran away. And, you know, I came home and stared at my hands. It's, it's still kind of bloody. I didn't grievously wound him where he's dying but it, it it shook me up pretty badly i would say um i felt like i was that scene in macbeth where the uh the queen after she murders a lot of people she's like constantly trying to wipe off the quote-unquote as shakespearean puts it the black spots on your hands and like trying to rub and scratch away like any of the blood i kind of felt like that <laughs> while washing my hands in the in the kitchen sink of that pho restaurant because i was like pretty shaken up um, and then the next couple of days after that was really, really quiet. Um, nothing really happened. Business proceeded as usual. We, um, we were granted about a day or two of a leave to relax, um, uh, because we've been working so hard as these refugees in a sweat pho shop. Um, and so we, my mom decided that we would take a train, a plane, a train ride down to the south of France, a place that she has always heard about and always wanted to go. And we never really had the time until now. And train tickets in France are fairly affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just as much as, you know, the Amtrak here in the US or anywhere else in the world. So we took that opportunity to have like a little weekend day vacation. Uh, we took the train down there. It's very nice, very pleasant. And we landed in the, uh, the province of, um, yeah, in Provence. We landed in Provence. It was a very 
beautiful country. We had a a very beautiful part of southern France. There's a lot of lavenders. There's a lot of very rich Mediterranean city vibes. Very warm too, as compared to Paris, which is very very chilly at that time of the year. And we rented out a place to stay at, and it was fantastic. It was wonderful. And then it wasn't until I was about to take out the trash for that house and you know do some chores before we headed out. And then I sensed that somebody was behind me. And this was as I'm going turning around so well. to say maybe like <laughs> <laughs> You thought you thought, right? And just as I turned around to say like bonjour in French, because you know it's it's very customary to say it. A lot of people appreciate that. The voice, there's a familiar tone in the voice, and he says, I found oh, you again. No. And that's where we're at for tonight, because we're out of time. Why would you do this to us? <laughs> it's called a cliffhanger. Deal with it. Oh, gosh. I thought everything was working out so well. Okay, well, everyone, blame Agnes. <laughs> if you're frustrated, blame her for this. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening to us talk about our favorite dubbed shows, as well as just some, um, you know, additional thoughts in regards to dubbing and how dubbing has been and um, will be, hopefully, in the future. And I hope you guys are angry at Agnes like we are for literally India right there. But she's also right. We are out of time. So I hope you will be with us all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.